You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, take your seats. I said take your seats. Class, sit. I swear you're all acting like a bunch of animals. Pet Life Radio presents Teacher's Pet, where you'll learn how to understand and communicate with your pet and train them to be the best pet they can be. It's time to see the world from your pet's point of view. So give a tail-wagging welcome to your Teacher's Pet host on PetLifeRadio.com. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Hi, welcome to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. This is Pia Silvani, the Director of Training and Behavior at St. Hubert's Animal Welfare Center in Madison, New Jersey, and your host. Today I'm going to be talking to you a little bit about what I call living in a big dog's world and the things that we need to learn to live with when we live with a little dog. When I call these little dogs, um, I'm typically talking dogs that are under 30 pounds. So do they really require the same training as larger dogs? That's a question that many people ask. And is it really fair to put a three-pound tyke in the same training class as possibly a 90-pound, out-of-control, exuberant adolescent dog. And if you do own a small dog, are you avoiding going to class because you're fearful that something might happen to your small dog, which obviously is legitimate? Or do you think maybe when you have a small dog, their behaviors are not much of a nuisance and they don't require training? So I've listened to owners' concerns, and as a result, what I did at St. Hubert's, I developed a training course specifically designed for dogs 30 pounds or less, and I have called it Petit Pals. And it became so popular that uh, now I'm doing a course called Petit Puppies, so we can get these tiny dogs into class early and get them socialized with people and other dogs as early as possible. And breeders are quite supportive of this, which is nice. So the training is done in an environment designed to make learning more enjoyable and comfortable for both owner and the dog. And many small dogs rarely leave the house on foot. I put that in quotes, on foot, especially during the cold weather. So what I'm going to do for the next half hour is I'm going to discuss with you some training ideas with for your little petite pal. And uh, hopefully, if you have a small dog, you'll be interested in hearing it. So don't go away. Let's take a short break to hear from our sponsors. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's Pet will be back in two shakes of a tail, right after recess. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. 
Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Hello! I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. My pet experts will be coming to the party to answer your pet questions, and they'll also be sharing their favorite stories and messages with us, but I'll be asking them some tough questions. We'll get their opinions on the hot-button topics like the pit bull ban, pet food, vaccines, religion, politics, and animals, cat decline, and the latest news, whatever's turning the animal world on its head, we'll be talking about at the animal party. This party's got bite. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later. Welcome back. This is Pia Silvani, your host of Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. Today we're going to be talking about training the small dog. And why train a small dog is the question. And basically my answer to that is because it's a dog. And all dogs, regardless of their size, need training. Not only is it good for their mental well-being, but it's a wonderful way to be able to communicate with your dog in a much easier fashion. So today I'm going to talk to you about various things like house training, riding in a car, walking, greeting people and possibly other animals, interacting with children, playing, handling and grooming. But the key when you own a small dog is obviously safety first. You're not being out of line when you're picking up your small dog if your dog is in an environment where he or she could be stepped on or another larger dog could be around. Your goal is to protect that small dog because they can easily get hurt much quicker than a larger dog. But let's start off with house training first. The key with house training, when we talk about house training, and we're going to have a special guest on in a month or so, T.O.D. Anderson, who's written a really nice little book with regard to puppy training and house training. But in the meantime, the key is begin to start as early as possible with your small dog. House training is really about surface preference training. It's not about house training and outdoor training. So the key is if you're going to expect that your young dog or your young puppy, small dog, you want them to be house trained outdoors, then you need to get them used to relieving themselves outdoors on whatever surface you decide. The more surfaces they get to relieve themselves on, the better. So the key is make sure you're taking them out and not using newspaper, wee-wee pads, and then have the expectation that they're going to immediately go outside. Because again, we're talking about surface preference. So there are a lot of concerns with small puppies going outdoors also. Yes, obviously in the winter, if you have a petite pup in the winter, you're going to have to be real careful. So you may need to start your house training indoors on a wee-wee pad or some paper. And then gradually what you're going to do is you're going to take that and you're going to move that same surface outside when you want your dog to start to relieve itself outdoors. So the concerns that I have about having a petite pal 
whether that be a puppy or an adult dog outside alone, is really from a predatory standpoint. We have to remember they're tiny and If a hawk should fly over or you have a fox in the yard or other wildlife, they're going to be more apt to chase after something tiny rather than a larger dog, for example, a 90-pound dog. So you have to be very, very careful. So never, ever, ever leave them unattended outside. That's important. And also, when you're traveling with them and you're visiting, say you're visiting guests, you're going, uh, you might be staying the weekend, holiday weekends with your little guy, make sure that you're bringing either a crate with them for safety. And if you have trained them on a particular surface, you obviously then need to bring that with you. And consider inclement weather. And tiny dogs do need to wear some type of clothing when they go out. Uh, especially those that do not have a lot of fur because they will get colder a lot quicker than larger dogs. All right, so let's talk about riding in a car now with a small dog. Safety, safety, safety. I'm going back to safety once again. Many times I'm driving down the road and it shocks me to see a small dog sitting on people's laps when they're driving. That is quite frightening. It doesn't matter how slow, how fast you're driving. You can be driving 20 miles an hour and if you slam the brakes on, there is no way that your little guy is not going to go flying around the car, especially with the window open. So never, ever, ever allow your little dog or any dog for that matter to stick his head out the window. Anything can come jumping up. You can get a kick up of a stone or a rock that can hit your dog in the face, get into the eye, debris can get into the eyes. It's very dangerous. And if your dog sees something and jumps up to start to bark, for example, right in your face, it's not going to be safe for you when you're driving. So some ideas when you're in the car, put your dog in a safe crate. The crate is safe. If you happen to get into an accident, God forbid, at least your dog has some protection. If your dog is not used to crates, what you can do is put your dog in a Sherpa bag again and then take your seatbelt and make sure that the Sherpa bag is attached to something so it cannot go flying around the vehicle. They also have something called a canvas bed. And what it is, is you can put it in the back seat of the car and it's made of canvas and it sort of looks like a hammock. So at least your dog, if you were to go forward or backwards, if you were to get in an accident, again, there's there's a safety barrier. You can get a lap belt, a seat belt, or even rather than driving loose, I would rather have you put your little dog in some type of a bed. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about paying attention. I find that so many people with little dogs tend to pick them up all the time. The key is they can still look up. Remember, we can look up if we go traveling and let's just say we go into New York City and we happen to look up at the Empire State Building. It's a lot bigger than we are. We can look up. Little dogs can look up too. So start to teach them to look up to you rather than always picking them up or going down to their level. So what you want to do with your little dog is anytime your little dog is checking in, meaning he's looking up, reinforce that. Mark it with your marker cue. Uh, And if you haven't listened to previous talks on training sessions, make sure you go back and you review those. Mark it with your marker cue and reward the dog. You want the dog to continually check in. That's extremely, extremely important. And make sure what you're doing is going back to the earlier sessions, the earlier training sessions, teaching the name game. 
name is important. Have lots of nicknames for your dog too. So you're not inadvertently allowing your dog not to pay attention. So with little dogs, I'm very big on getting them to have their feet on the floor, looking up for attention. And again, I don't mind little dogs being picked up, even being carried, but they were born with four legs for a reason. So you've got to get them used to and acclimated to walking. So let's talk a little bit about walking. Little dogs obviously can pull just as much as big dogs. It's not going to be quite as strong, obviously, and you might not get pulled over, but it's still going to be irritating. And if they're not walking nicely, you're not going to enjoy taking them out for a walk. So the equipment that I recommend, there are various pieces of equipment that I will recommend for small dogs. And not that larger dogs can't use these equipment, but especially for small dogs. I don't like small dogs on buckle collars, especially if they're pulling. Buckle collars are nice if you want to put their tags on, so God forbid they should ever get lost. At least they have some form of identification. And speaking of identification, I highly recommend that you get your dog's microchipped. And that can be done by your vet. It's completely safe, and all shelters now and animal control, they have scanners. So they'll be able to connect you with your dog very, very quickly. Because think about it, collars can fall off, tags can break. So that's not always a safe thing. So you want to have an alternate. And all of my dogs have been microchipped and registered. But the equipment that I like most is a harness on a dog. So this way it's not hitting the trachea at all. So harnesses can be nice, but if you have a little dog that's that's a dedicated puller, for example, you can get what's called a no-pull harness. And there are various types on the market. The two that I happen to like the most, one is made by Premier, it's called Easy Walker, and the other is made by Sensation, it's called the Sensible Walker. And if you Google that, I'm sure you can find it online. But those are the nice two. The difference in the two harnesses are your regular harness, you attach the leash onto the dog's, uh, there's a little ring on the dog's back. So the dog can still pull on a regular harness, but again, it's not hitting the trachea. With the no-pull harness, you attach the leash, there's a ring on the front of the chest of the dog. So what happens is when the dog starts to pull, the whole chest moves around. So obviously, where the head and the body, the chest go, the body follows. So your dog is not going to pull forward as the result if his chest is being turned towards you. And these are meant to be handled very gently. You're not going to jerk, you're not going to tug on it, but it's just a nice gentle pull around to teach the dog to walk nicely. Other things that I teach when I'm walking with a dog, I like to teach them to get close. So this is something that's real important to do, especially when the dog is walking. Say you're walking and you don't, you're not on a sidewalk, or perhaps you are on a sidewalk. When little dogs are walking, they're not as noticeable as big dogs, as you know. So you want them to walk closer to you, or at least get close if a car happens to come, another dog, a larger dog and you want your dog to be safe, let's just say there are children running towards your dog or you're in a crowded area and you want your dog to get close. What you want to do is you want to take your lure, put it in front of the dog's nose 
and you're going to bring your dog, actually luring the dog behind you, and then bringing your dog in front of you so your dog is either on your left side or your right side, and you're going to reward the dog when he's close to your leg. Once you can get your dog close, you can call that get close, you can say side, you can call it anything you want, but lots of rewards whenever the dog is near your leg. I also like to teach up up where the dog puts his front paws onto either my uh, calves, depending how tall he is, my knees, or my thighs. And this way, it's an easy way to scoop them up if you have to. For example, if all of a sudden, say there's a loose dog that's coming running towards you and you want your dog to be safe and you can't grab your dog because your dog is further away, maybe he's six feet out on a leash. If you tap your legs and you say up, up, that should encourage the dog to put his front paws up on you and you can easily then scoop him up. Now, people are worried, well, will this cause the dog to start to jump? No, if you put it on cue, the dog should only jump up on you when you cue up up. If your dog is then jumping up on you, just take a step back, sort of what I call the matador step, where you quickly step back so the dog falls to the ground at that time. And do not allow, again, if you don't want the dog to jump, do not give the dog any attention whatsoever whenever he's jumping and it's not put on cue. All right, we're going to take a quick little break so we can hear from our sponsors. Don't go away, and we'll continue talking about our petite pals. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's Pet will be back in two shakes of a tail right after recess. Give your dog some thought. With Dog Thoughts, it's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. What do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. Now, I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's why. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From speed drawing and mushing to racing, agility, and competition, this is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. So get ready for game time. DSPN with your host, Lori Williams. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later. Hi, welcome back. This is Pia Slavani, your host on Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. Thanks for joining us again. As you know, we're talking about living with and training our little petite pals. So let's talk a little bit about greeting people and other animals now. Again, being very, very careful. I don't like when, always think of greeting as being something that the animal wants to do. Your dog should want to do this. He shouldn't be terrified about being greeted by other dogs or about being greeted by people. However, when you think about it, when the dog is on the ground, anytime he's being greeted, he's being loomed over. You have to lean over him. So maybe a hand comes at him and the hand's coming over the head, the body's looming over him. So it can be frightening for the dog. Further, if a big dog is standing over the dog, it can be extremely fearful for that dog. So when I have any of my small dog clients, if they're going to greet, let's start off, say, with people first. What I do is I have them teach a say hi, and I'd like you to go back again and refer. We did work on this in one of our training sessions, so refer back to previous training sessions on stopping the dog from jumping. That's where I taught say hi. And just a quick review on that, that means that the dog comes up and he touches his nose to the person's hand. That can be very, very helpful so the person who's greeting doesn't have to greet over the dog, does not have to put the hand over the dog, but instead puts the palm out to the dog. Your dog can come up, touch his nose to the hand, and then start to at least be able to sniff. Having people squat down is also very helpful, but then again, some people are not comfortable. Maybe you might have an elderly person that they're not able to squat down. You might want to pick the dog up so the dog can greet as, again as long as the dog is comfortable being greeted by other people and get the dog used to that. When your dog is young, when you have that little petite pup, pick your dog up and then have people gently just greet for short brief periods of time. I find that people tend to keep their hands on dogs way too long. And it's just sort of like when we greet each other, we're not shaking hands for 10 minutes. There's no reason for that. That would be pretty obnoxious. I think I would be irritated by it. But think about yourself when you're greeting another human being. It's a brief greeting, and that's how greeting should be with animals as well. Now, with other dogs, if you have a small dog and you know the dog, that's the critical key point here, too. Know the dog that you're going to introduce your dog to. 
So, for example, if I were walking on the street with my little dog and a dog passed by and I did not know that dog and the person said, can my dog greet your dog? My dog is friendly. I probably would say no. And you might think that's impolite, but I'm not going to take the risk because that person might think their dog is friendly and maybe the dog is friendly, but that dog could frighten your dog. Your dog could feel intimidated upon the greeting and then maybe start to growl or back away, which could then elicit the other dog to react in a negative way. So you want to be really, really careful. Know the dog that they're going to greet. What you can also do if you feel that your dog is intimidated by being on the ground, if it's a larger dog, you can put your dog in your arms again, squat down and allow the dog to come forward. Okay, and be nice and calm. Don't squeeze your dog in. Your dog always needs to be able to feel like he's got some type of an escape, especially during greeting. And we go back to the sort of fight or flight. If the dog has no means of escaping, he's going to start possibly to growl. He could snap. And that's really as the result of fear. So don't punish that. You don't want to punish a fearful behavior, obviously. And he's telling you something that he's feeling frightened. He's feeling intimidated. Now, with children, let's move on to with children, and it's the same thing. Again, and this goes for all dogs, really. There's no group greeting. So if children want to greet your small dog, it should be one at a time. Again, think about a crowd of people coming up to you all of a sudden, and they're all touching you. How annoying. I mean, again, I can't imagine it. I wouldn't want it. And I'm a pretty friendly person, but I wouldn't want five people touching me all at once. And I haven't even met them yet. So think of, again, individual greeting. If the child wants to greet, it's one child at a time. So no group petting. The result of that can be that your dog is now going to be fearful of children. It's going to be intimidated by children. Now, when children are interacting, and this really goes, it's not only small dogs, it's all dogs. Children should never, ever, ever be permitted to punish, tease, pull on dogs' body parts, and the like. That's not a child's job. A child, again, and with all due respect, I don't care if it's your child's dog, the child should not have that responsibility of punishing the dog. You want that child to be the dog's best friend. You want the dog to be the child's best friend. Children should also not chase and grab at small dogs and try to capture them. And they tend to do that because, um, especially with smaller dogs too, they take off and they run maybe with something and the child reaches. And sometimes I've even seen children tackle them. That's an accident waiting to happen. Thirdly, little dogs are not dolls and they're not toys. Little dogs are dogs. So when children, when I hear parents say, oh, the dog loves to be dressed up, or yes, my daughter carries the dog around all the time, that can be irritating. After a while, the dog is not going to like that child coming up to them. So make sure that the child's not interrupting the dog during downtimes. I don't think children should ever carry dogs around because they tend to hold them tightly in fear of dropping them. And again, it can make it very unpleasant. So if I were to pick up, say, let's say six rules for children and dogs, I would say rule number one, no wrestling, teasing, or using the dog as a pillow or a toy. Rule number two, no hitting, no reprimanding, 
no pulling at the dog's fur or other body parts. Rule number three, do not disturb the dog when the dog is resting, eating, or chewing on a bone. Rule number four, do not chase after dogs or pounce on them. Play should always be supervised. Also, you never know when it can go over the top. Rule number five, do not hug, kiss, or cuddle with the dog, especially when he's resting or when he's in the adult's lap, unless the dog is enjoying it. If the dog's enjoying it, that's perfectly fine. And lastly, rule number six, do not pick up little dogs and carry them. They've got four legs, they can walk. All right, so playing with little dogs, games for children. I think Tug, and I went over the rules earlier in a previous training session, but I think children tugging with dogs, it's a great game. It's wonderful. Again, provided everybody follows the rules. That's the key. So as a reminder, rule number one, the dog should never grab at the Tug toy until the child says, take it or get it. Rule number two, the dog must relinquish the object when the child says give or release. And rule number three, it should never get out of control by the child or the dog. The child should also not try to elevate the dog in the air. This happens a lot with little dogs. The dog is not there to hang on and then be in, and you don't want to see the child swinging the dog through the air and lifting the dog up in the air. It should be very even and very balanced. Chase is also a fun game. However, it's dog chases child, not child chases dog. And the game that I play with this, especially with little dogs, is the child runs and has a pocket full of treats. And the dog chases the child. As soon as the dog catches up with the child, and that's before the dog is going to jump up and bite at the child, the child quickly turns and tells the dog either to sit or to lie down and then rewards the dog. The result of that is it's going to be a great exercise for the dog in exhibiting impulse control and not thinking about biting at the child's clothing or body parts, but instead anticipating that the child's going to tell him to do something passive and then get rewarded for it. Recall games, fun, fun. So you can get a group of children together and they all have, again, a pocket full of treats or some toys with them and they can form what I call a round robin circle. One person holds the dog, one child calls the dog and that dog goes running to the child and that child will reward. Then that child can hold the dog. Again, this is a supervised game. Another child calls the dog the dog goes running to that child and that child rewards. So you're not only practicing recalls, but it's a fun game for them to play. Tricks are fun as well. And this is a reminder because in a few weeks, we're going to do some clicker training exercises. So what you want to do is you want to find, you can um, go online and look for clickers and previous talks I've done with Karen Pryor. We talked about clicker training. So see if you can get a clicker online if you don't already have them. And they have them in most pet stores. I even think like Petco, PetSmart, they might carry them. Maybe not your small little pet stores, but the larger ones do. So we'll have some fun with that. Okay, with regard to grooming, 
most little dogs do end up going to the groomers or you might need to groom them. And if you do, you want to acclimate them to a grooming table as early as possible. So again, remember it's about surface preference. So think what the surface is on the grooming table and try to get a piece of that type of material and get the dog used to standing on it. Then what you might want to do is put that on, maybe you can put a board on a plank that's low. So you're starting off low and getting your dog to get acclimated to being handled and restrained on a low type of table. And eventually you're going to raise it up higher and higher and higher. So this way it's not traumatic for the dog. When you drop the dog off of the groomer and all of a sudden he's placed up on a high table three feet in the air and not being used to being restrained. Lots of handling, as much handling as possible. That is the key. So handle your dog's ears, handle your dog's paws, handle them all the time, every day, and make it a positive association. That's so important. There's nothing worse than for a dog to be dropped off at a groomer and then the groomer says, I had to muzzle your dog as the result. So it's really your job to start off handling these little dogs as much as possible, you as adults, everywhere, anywhere, touching them, brushing, grooming. So the grooming experience or even the vet experience is not a bad experience for them. So I hope you enjoyed that. I did write a little book. It's called Petite Pals. It's training your petite pal. And you can get that by going to St. Hubert's website, which is St. Hubert's, S-T-H-U-B-E-R-T-S dot org. Or you can shoot an email to our office manager, Tracy Hofer at T Hofer. That's T-H-O-F-E-R at St. Hubert's org and you can purchase the manual there if you have an interest in it unfortunately we're out of time but don't forget two weeks from now we're going to talk a little bit about something interesting what i call devil puppies who are they so if you're having trouble with a puppy or you're thinking about getting a puppy you might not want to miss that talk so i'd like to give a special thanks to our producers for making the show happen as always Again, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, always feel free. Email me at Pia at PetLifeRadio.com. So until next time, this is Pia signing off. Thank you for your interest in Pet Life Radio. Bye-bye. School's in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com.